All right, and to start us off this week, we're going to do something a little different this week. We typically recap the episode, and then we have a special guest, but... You know, sort of still reeling from the events of last week here, quite frankly, at the cooling rack. Uh, we're deciding to sort of, you know, talk to our favorite, one of our favorite bakers who's recently been eliminated. We want to talk to Terry first before we launch the episode because we feel like it's only the most respectful way to proceed <laughs> with the future of this baking show. So hi, Terry. Thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, you know... I hate to say it, you know, we were live tweeting last week, and I have to say that at one point you made us a little nervous. I think it might have been at the technical challenge, and we were shaking in our boots, and then the worst is, did happen, and I got to say, and we have to say, it was really sad to see you go last week. It really was. Well, thank you. That, that actually has helped soften the blow a bit for me, is seeing people like yourselves and other viewers who have sort of reached out and said, that they'd miss me and they appreciated me on the show. So that's really helped with it. But uh, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty, pretty disappointed too in myself. So it's yeah, <laughs> It is. But, you know, you, you had such a great run going forward from there. And I think, um, like we said to some other bakers before, but your talent, your skill, personality really came through. So what we typically, you know, like to do is throughout the show, we see a little bits and pieces of sort of your home and, and your life. But, you know, why don't we start off by you telling us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, your hobbies, what inspires you, that sort of thing. Okay, sure. Um, so I won't mention my kids because I feel like that's been covered. Mm. I hear there's a drinking game. <laughs> so, like, I don't want everyone to get drunk by taking shots during this, so I'll leave that alone. Um, I... I love all athletics. I'm still really involved in basketball. Um, I used to do varsity track. I was a sprinter, if you can believe it, at university. Um, so any kind of athletics. I'm also a huge science geek. I have my Bachelor of Science in Biological Science with a minor in genetics. And uh, prior to being a mom, I was a clinical research coordinator in diabetes. That is amazing. And Terry, I have to say, I also share a Bachelor of Science in Biology. I'm on the evolutionary biology side. That was where I did my Very cool. So it's good to meet a fellow biologist by uh, academics. That is cool, anyways. yeah. Good, cool. Yeah, that's, uh, that's super fun. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so um, how did, like, did you ever watch The Great British Bake Off before you had gotten involved um, or even applied to The Great Canadian Baking Show? Absolutely. I was a huge GBBO fan. I watched it all the time. Um, I haven't watched the new episodes since they changed the judges and the hosts, but um, mm -hmm. I was a huge fan. And actually, one of my best friends, Sherry, uh, we used to watch it together and talk about it. And when I saw it on uh, Facebook, I saw an ad for auditions. I actually told Sherry, I'm like, you have to apply for the show. And I sent her the application and told her, you have to fill it out. And about two weeks after I sent it to Sherry, I was sort of okay, I meditate, this is weird, but I'm a meditator, so I was meditating, and it sort of hit me like, why don't I ever think I'm good enough? Like, maybe I should apply. Terry. So I thought... Okay. <laughs> Terry, you, you and James are, like, the same person. I, I just threw my hands up in the air because, like, the meditation, mindfulness practice, like, so top of priority for myself and my life right now as well. I'm just... Absolutely. I'm just, I'm just so excited. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, so I mean, funny. Okay, so you so don't funny. think it's weird. That's good. Okay. No, 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 no. I think it's so important. And, like, I, I'm also Me so too. happy to hear that it, it kind of gets you to that point of, like you saying, like, why don't I think I'm good enough? Why don't I, I try for this? That's it. I think a lot of times, you know, I get busy in my kids' lives and other people's lives and helping out, and I just don't ever stop to think about what I might want or need. And that's where the meditation's really good. 
is it makes me sort of stop and look at myself and what I might like. That is great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so funny. Even before, uh, like, during the first episode when we recorded, too, I had said, like, James, you and Terry just seem like, you know, and, and uh, here we are. So um, how did you first get into baking? Um, you know, not necessarily the first time you baked as a child, but when did you uh, start considering it an actual hobby of yours? I would probably say right around the time I was getting married. Like, I always would cook or occasionally it would strike me to bake something, but I wasn't into it. Um, and then my fiancé at the time, it was like five months before our wedding, he actually was injured, um, almost lost his life at the job. He ended up losing his right leg. And uh, so he was in the hospital for a while with ICU and then in rehab. So I used to bring him baked goods because he loved it. And I felt like it was the one sort of bright spot in his day to cheer him up and keep him going. And that's when it sort of turned into more for me because it was also such a huge stress reliever and something to take my mind off the other things going on. That's a, that's, I, I mean, Hey, we're, we're sorry to hear that, you know, someone you care for so much has, has gone through these challenges, but, but in a way it's, it's also such a, uh, it's such a touching story. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. That's like a positive way to, you know, kind of take something and, and, uh, work and, and then bring in kind of this new skill and hobby into brighten someone's day. That's great. Mm -hmm. And did you, yeah. And then did you find Terry, you know, you said you worked in, in research uh, with diabetes, for example. Uh, we asked Julian this, you know, uh, with his job as a contractor looking for some parallels. But I'm wondering, do you see any comparisons between sort of your, your research before the way you conduct research and baking? Or in your mind, are they sort of completely separate sort of things? One's more hobby, one's more work previously. I actually joke that I think baking fills my science void in a way as a stay-at-home mom, not getting to use that part of my brain anymore in a career. Mm -hmm. I think that when I'm sitting in my kitchen and I'm sort of putting ingredients together and it's chemical reactions have to happen or I'm weighing things on the scale with such precision because it's so sensitive, I feel like I'm back in a lab. So I do feel there's a huge correlation between that precision work and, and what you're working with between science and baking. Mm -hmm. And so would you say sort of, you know, baking a bit of science there, having that history and then on the show, you know, as much as we joke about it, think it's super sweet actually how much you do think about your family and bringing that forward in your baking. It, it, would you say it is sort of very essential to who you are? Is it something that you could live without? I couldn't live without it. It is who I am. Like I'm, it's funny. I don't think people always take me as an introvert. Maybe I'm like an extrovert introvert. I don't know. But if I'm going somewhere or if I'm doing something, like I always sort of bring baked goods because it's like my blanket in a way. It makes me feel like, hey, look, I have something to bring. And, you know, it's sort of a talking point right away. It's kind of like an icebreaker. So, I mean, I feel like it's a way I'm not always the best at maybe being overly affectionate or showing my emotions, but I can always do that with my baking. So I need it. Definitely. And so... What, what was it like for you then to bring something that's so personal to you and, and as you said, you know, you use it as a security blanket, so something very close to yourself and then using that as a tool to then be on national television yeah. and being exposed that way. How, how was that journey for you? Hard. I'm not going to lie, but I did it on purpose. Like that's what this was about for me more than anything was to push those boundaries and be comfortable with being uncomfortable again. I used to be able to take those risks when I was in university or high school and it's sort of something I lost somewhere along the way and I wanted to find a way to get it back. So I just, I thought, you know what, I'm going to put myself out there for better, or for worse, and I'm just going to be true to who I am and that's that. Wow. Um, that's
that's fantastic. So can you walk us through kind of um, the application process and the casting process for you? Because, you know, we've heard from Corey and Julian and, and kind of what their experiences have been like. And they both, uh, in certain ways, kind of sound different, yet a similar thing where um, a, a thread we've kind of seen is that they were like, oh, like, I'm not going to get on this. Like, you know, I just kind of the the very genuine, like, you know, I'm just an amateur baker applying for this. So I would say I felt that way for sure. Like, I didn't even think about it being for me. I thought about it being for a friend first. Like, it didn't even enter my realm of I'm someone who could compete on this. Mm -hmm. So I definitely had that feeling. But I'm going to be honest, there was sort of this moment when I had that, like, you are good enough that I kind of felt like it was, this sounds crazy, but, like, fate was just sort of being like, this is for you. You need to do this. And... I put the application in and I sort of did the bare bones. I didn't bother with a video. I only had one photo I attached. It wasn't overly a ton of detail on there. And I kind of mentioned it to my husband one night when he was home that I had applied. And I told him I didn't do the video. And he jokingly said to me, you didn't do the video. They don't call the people who don't do the videos. Oh, you don't have a chance. <laughs> and I said to him, you know what? I just have this feeling. And the next day I got the call to uh, go to an audition in Calgary. And I think that kind of just spurred me on like, yeah, maybe this was sort of meant to be. Oh, wow. That's, uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. So where are you based? It's weird. Because, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think um, on the show, like there are sometimes you mentioned that you're in BC, but then I believe the show's also mentioned Calgary before. So are you based uh, in Calgary or in British Columbia? I am in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Mm -hmm. Prior to here, I was living in BC. Um, prior to that, I was in Sherwood Park. Prior to that, I was in Toronto. I've lived in six different provinces. I've kind of been moving since I was a little kid. Um, so it's hard to say a home base, but right now I'm in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Oh, great. Got it. And how did you find the audition process? Because, um, you know, Julian gave us an experience, as Michael was saying, but after they gave you a call up and said, can you come maybe do like a screen test or something like that. Um, did they throw a bake at you? I think Julian was mentioning you had to kind of follow a recipe, but the recipe was kind of off or did you have a smoother experience than he did? No, I would say it was pretty similar. We actually, um, we had quite a good response. I think in Calgary, there was about five or six, I think different waves of bakers that came in in about groups of 10 or 15. Um, we presented the bakes we brought from home and then we had to do our bake. And uh, it's funny for me, I brought my, chewy molasses ginger cookies because that's sort of who I am I think it's just this cookie I don't know what I pick <laughs> and uh, I get there and people have some pretty crazy things and I'm like you idiot you showed up with cookies but in my way happened to be this beautiful human being named Linda oh, and you all know that. right you all know Linda and uh, I remember her saying to me when I was all nervous but they were like showing interest in me she's like relax they like you. And uh, that sort of just made me calm down and, and trust what Linda was saying. And that was sort of the beginning of my listening to Linda stuff. <laughs> I love this. I love this story. So before you uh, had, like, I guess, appeared on the show for the first day, did you know that Linda had also gotten cast too? Or was it like you showed up in the tent in Toronto first day and then it was, oh my God, Linda is here. I had no idea that Linda was cast. We didn't know anybody, but they did mention when they were coming to me to arrange the day to sort of do the filming with my family that they had been in Calgary the day before. Mm. And I knew from talking with her at the audition that that was sort of her region or her area. And I mean, you guys have seen Linda, right? Like yeah. it wasn't hard for me to, to guess that it might be Linda they picked from that area, right? 
Yes. No. And and I remember there was that one episode where it looked like Linda was just done already. I think this was during dessert week, and then she came across and helped you. And it, it's funny oh, how that baby. that line carries, though, right? From from her helping yeah. you through the audition to her helping you through the competition too. Absolutely, absolutely. That's just who she is. So. That's lovely. So, you know, it, it, like we said, sad to, to see you go at, at this point. You know, it's been a good run, but, you know, we personally would have liked you to see I personally further. thought, yeah, you were, like, absolute top three yes. like, material for yes. sure. Yes, yes. Um, but we're curious, what was your favorite thing about this experience that you've had on this show? That's hard. I mean, I know, like everybody, I would say bakers and the people we met because everybody really was so supportive and phenomenal but I think for me maybe more than some of the other bakers because like I mentioned to you guys this is kind of like for me to sort of get back to who I was I think Mm -hmm. the fact that that I actually got to achieve that and sort of be able to see the things I do wrong to bring myself down I think that's what I took away from the experience the most is the things that trip me up in life I got to stop doing them I got to stop not being confident and trust myself so it was, that's what I took away from it the most, I think. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Um, and then uh, what would you say were your favorite bakes and your least favorite bakes from the season? Favorite bakes? I mean, the cake was very special to me. I think it's a delicious chocolate cake. It's also one of my favorite sort of desserts. Mm-hmm. So I, I was really happy with my cake. Um, my donuts. I stand by my donuts. Um, there's not much I'm going to say against what the judges said I'd agree with all of it but the one thing I would say is I don't think my donuts my maple donuts are too sweet mm, I, I was pretty love... happy with my donut bake I'm not gonna lie yeah yeah <laughs> I I loved your uh the way that you'd cut out the bacon uh into the shape of oh. like it was like the duck and everything like I'd never seen anyone yeah. do that no, before it was, it was so cool yeah 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 that was fantastic Maybe it was a weird approach, but I think having watched GBBO, part of what I loved about the franchise and the series was just, it's so British. It's so about who they are and what British culture is. And I just, for me, Canada does have so much to offer and it doesn't always get shown, but our nature for me is just so phenomenal. And I really, having seen a lot of it and lived different places, I really tried to Canadianize the bakes. Mm -hmm. And maybe in some regards, that was a mistake on my part sometimes. No, I, I, you know, I, I don't think so. I think in a way that we just as viewers lack that context of your your background, your study, the different regions you've been in, like everything that you brought to the table now reflects that so much more yeah, clearly. It all makes sense. And so Michael and I, I think we're both yeah, like, oh my God, like everything <laughs> yeah, makes oh sense. God, yeah. The lines are so clear. It's yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. we're beautiful minding here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> about the Canadian baking show. Um, yeah, uh, you know, we always we always ask if there isn't something, if there is something that you weren't so proud of or you wish you had a bit more time to do um, in terms of baking on that show. I am so disappointed that the bake I left on is the bake I left on. I would have rather go on a bake that was decent but not okay. Like, I, if I'm being honest here, like, I look at that gingerbread house and I shit the bed. <laughs> for me. Like, I'm not even going to try and say, like, oh, it was great, like, was there a lot of work that went into it and detail and structuring stuff that was really difficult to it? Absolutely. Um, do I wish I had just accepted the melted windows? Yeah, I wish I could have let that go, but instead I went down the rabbit hole of mm-hmm. thinking I could fix it, and I threw a whole bunch of green icing on it for some unknown reason in the last <laughs> 10 minutes, and 
when the time was up and I looked at it, it was kind of one of those moments of like, what the fuck did you just do? <laughs> like, you can't yes, cover yes. a mistake with a bigger fucking mistake, you idiot. What have you done? Yes. It was almost like I drew attention to the mistake I made. It's like when you have a little mistake and you're like, I'm just going to do this to make it better. And then you do it and you've made a big fucking mess now. And you're like, why did I touch it? Yes, yes. It, it was a it was a recovery method that was coincidentally also very bright in color. It was just I don't like know very what, loud. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know if I thought if this icing is glow in the dark, they may not see anything else. My, if I can burn the judge's retinas, they may not see my melted window. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. blind them with the outlines, and that's right. They don't that's see right. anything else, right? Yeah. That's exactly. Amazing. So I feel like. Yeah, so my head, unfortunately, made a bad call. I think if I could have just stopped and said to myself, you fucked up the windows, regroup, don't panic. But instead, I did the opposite, and I panicked because I just, I think I wanted it so bad. And I was thinking of all the weekends to go out, I didn't want it to be that one because my niece was getting married on the Saturday, and I missed my uncle's funeral on the Thursday. And, of course, you can't tell anybody why you're not there. You just look like an insensitive asshole. Yeah. And I yeah. think I just thought, like, I can't go out on this one because then I should have just gone to the wedding, you idiot. And oh. and then I just fucked it all up with green icing. <laughs> oh, that's... I was going to say, I have, I have very similar thought patterns. And I think it, in, in this discussion around, you know, mindfulness and reflecting on oneself, like these feelings, I think happen so much when we mess up at big moments. And then we think, well, was it really all worth it? But I think even from just the two of us, and I've, you've heard it from other people, Terry, but even though it ended on that note in that week, everything you showed off leading up until then was just it was completely I think it was completely worth it for us to have you have made those sacrifices in a way to allow us to see uh your skill and your potential and your stories come out so hopefully that can give you Thank a bit you. of reassurance in that sense yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely. it does I've definitely yeah. I've definitely made my peace with it for sure like I'm I'm over it and I've grown from it so like that's what's good about it you know I'm not gonna do those mistakes again so I feel like that's a huge thing if I can stop second guessing myself in life that would probably mm -hmm. be great Oh, great. And so then what would you say was your strangest moment from, you know, the, the competition and your time there? Strangest moment. This is a tough one. Like, you know, you're, you're baking at yep. home and then all of a sudden your camera's everywhere, you know, schedule, yeah. everything's timed, you know? I think, you know, a couple times what would be weird would just be having to stop. Like when the judges would come around to talk, I mean, they didn't want too much noise within reason, fair enough. So, like, sometimes you might have to hold, you know, like you're pureeing something or running a blender, and they might be like, just hang on a second. <laughs> and you're thinking, like, hang on a second. I can't stop the blender in the middle of what I'm making right now. Yeah. But you kind of have to. So it's just, it's the weirdness like that. I mean, I'm used to starting stopping with a two-year-old around, but it's, uh -huh. for me, everybody watching me was really not always fun. I don't always like people watching me in my kitchen in case I screw up probably because I don't like people seeing my mistakes. Mm -hmm. And uh, the best part would be if you made a mistake, you'd hear them like, get the cameras over here. She's fucked it all up. Come on. <laughs> come on. Like, and you're oh. thinking like, that's the last thing I need right now. I'd like to hide. Can I hide in a hole over here? You know, but yeah, that was the weird part. Yeah, that I never thought about it from that perspective. Like the moment where you're the most vulnerable, they're dying. To Absolutely. Catch up. <laughs> 
That's right. Uh, quick. Yeah. <laughs> quick before she fixes it. Um, That's right. She's about to cry. Come on. <laughs> um, so then I guess two final questions to wrap it up. Um, do you have, you know, uh, advice for future bakers? Should there be a season two of the show? And um, what are your kind of plans now that, that you're done the show? Like, you know, cookbook, professionally pursue it? <laughs> what's, what's, what's on the books? Um, so I hope there's a season two. And I think what I would say for people for season two would just be, like, have fun. I think all of us at the start were so intimidated by being in the tents and mm-hmm. just it was so surreal and crazy that – Literally, like for me personally, it took me two to three episodes to actually be able to breathe and feel comfortable and relaxed. And, you know, had I gone out week one or week two, which could have totally happened because everyone was so good there, I mean, I wouldn't have got the chance to actually enjoy the experience. So I honestly think I would tell someone, make sure you just stop, let all that stress go and try and enjoy the moment. And plan? Hmm. You got me. Um, I'm baking like at home. I'm pushing the boundaries sort of that way and trying to do more difficult techniques and things I haven't done before. But I'll be honest, I haven't really thought of a plan. I think because I came into it sort of just looking at it as this like personal journey and what can I do? I don't think I really have a plan. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say, I mean, I don't want to make this drag on, but this is actually part of one maybe last little note yeah, um, that we can add. I think letting the future emerge by being open and taking those lessons is one thing from from mentors I've had, you know, sort of talk about. So I think in a way not having a direct plan is is kind of part of the process, or at least that's what I've heard. But one thing I did want to ask, you know, for some of us watching, it's a lot of fun, but it sounds like from you, it, it very much was a transformational experience for your sort of progress as an individual. Would you say that? I would absolutely say that as weird as it probably sounds it doesn't mean it wasn't pleasant or wonderful or great but that's more what it was for me absolutely well if that is um another support for a second season that should be because not only is it entertaining but cbc you may <laughs> very well allow a few folks to, to transform their lives a little bit which i think is really important to acknowledge because you guys do put yourself out there and there is a sort of vulnerability and risk associated with that so absolutely yeah thanks well, guys yeah, of course. If you don't mind holding on just for a little bit uh, longer, Terry, um, just want to say a few words to you. But yeah, thank you very much right now uh, for joining us. Appreciate it as always. And then, Michael, I guess we'll have to get into the week of French patisseries. Yes. So, <laughs> listeners, you'll experience like two seconds of silence while we switch. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Thanks, Terry. Right, thanks, Terry. Thanks. Welcome to The Cooling Rack, a podcast about the great Canadian baking show where we don't glaze over any of the bakes and there are absolutely no soggy bottoms allowed. I'm James. He pulled through it and I'm Michael. And I almost did forget which I <laughs> I had to just kind of keep spinning my fingers to be like, you can do it. So. Uh, but anyways, this week was semifinals week. Yes. AKA French patisserie week. Patisserie? Patisserie. Which is redundant, I think, because isn't all patisserie French? I feel like, um, oh god, I mean, it's a French word, but maybe you could have patisserie that's other. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Michael, what do we think of this semifinal challenge for this week? 
Um, okay, I think that French patisserie frequently involves highly technical, skilled stuff. Like, mm-hmm. do, could you imagine if they were like, Bakers, welcome to the tent. Sorry, my phone went off there. <laughs> Bakers, welcome to the tent. Uh, now you have to do, like, milfoy or, mm-hmm. like, some sort of other type of, of very technical skill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a really great semifinal challenge. I do not think that it would be a good final challenge. Got it. Um, I'm curious to see, because next week they just said that it's finals week, It is right? just they finals didn't, week. They didn't say a theme or anything, and I think that you can do something, like, I'm going to make a prediction and say that they are going to want... The, the signature is going to be hard, the mm-hmm. technical is going to be really hard, and the showstopper is going to be hard in terms of what they expect visually yes, from the bakers. Yes. But I never find the showstopper too technically challenged. Or sorry, the yeah, the showstopper yeah, 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 yeah. too technically challenged right. because they want them to all walk out with this beautiful bake to right. show all right. of the garden right. party. So right. so make like a, a, an amazing, you know, 24 tiered cake. Yeah. So in terms of structural engineering, super challenging, but baking the cake itself, not too difficult. Yeah, exactly. And like, if you screw up along the way, you could probably still make sure it had all of the elements, but you right. want it to all go well in terms of how it looks. Exactly. You know? So I 100% agree with you in terms of technical skills for this week. It's a good way to really amp it up super quickly. But of course, the other thing about uh, French patisserie is um, the delicate nature of the baking itself so i just always want to do like little tiny hand movements totally you want to like just it's like tiny it's like fingertips moving across a piano i don't know that's like the the (laughs) vibe or something like that yeah yeah that's the vibe but not only is it technically challenging but then the output has to be gorgeous and like those two things linked together make it a really really strong week um and you know what it made for an amazing episode. I also feel like down to four bakers having the time to show the process, to linger on the shots of the actual bakes mm-hmm. helps the show so much. Like just to actually be able to really see the the like the glamour shot of the bake mm-hmm. is really nice. Cause sometimes it's like two seconds done. Two yes. seconds done, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just up to timing and the fact that the show is only 60 minutes long with commercials in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was great to see all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you also got to hear more from the judges. I loved that, like, you kind of just saw, like, Rochelle <laughs> spooking Sabrina. Yeah, like, yeah, she yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just kind of there. And I feel like that, that has happened in every other episode. We got just it. never got to see it, mm-hmm. you know? What I really appreciated about this episode, and again, we talked about time constraints, but the ability for... Those of us who may not be as familiar with these types of bakes, I noticed they had sort of Julia this time narrate over the steps that one takes to produce the product. Exactly. So like, you yes. know, you always first with start with this and then you need to heat it this way, which then allows for this effect for the, like, even in the cream puffs, when the moisture evaporates, when you bake it at a high heat, it yeah. produces air, which then allows the pocket, which fills with cream. It's like that sort of description and education yeah. on baking processes is what made Gibbo so, so exciting great. and interesting exactly, because yeah. not only do I get to participate in the spirit of competition, but I also learn something on the other side of exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. And this show has always been very just kind of light. You know, the competition is light. I mean, like we'll see, uh, you know, as we'll discuss shortly uh, about a little like, you know, caramel emergency, right? <laughs> like it, it's just, it's got a light spirit. And I think that that kind of learning nature of it, mm-hmm. like, 
feels very PBS, very BBC, and mm-hmm. that's, you know, mm-hmm. it's great Maybe to see CBC? that on CBC, yeah. <laughs> 100%, you know, many reality shows that we watch or shows generally, I would always say that there's one episode that makes me think, oh, like this show has found itself and yeah. found its rhythm. Yeah. And I would say, I think maybe you agree that this episode was it. Yeah. Yeah. We weren't able to watch it together this mm-hmm. week live for the first time. Um, but I watched it before James and I was like, girl, get in on this episode. I watched like, it, it that night yeah, following. Yeah. yeah. It was just, I thought like fantastic. All right. So let's move on to this week's signature bake. And that bake this week was millefeuille. Millefeuille. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> that's really heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay, because they kept saying millefeuille. Yeah. And I don't know. I'd always heard it as like millefeuille. Like, like the, right. it's, you know, yeah. Well, where's Pierre when you need him? Thank you. Right. Although, but like Bruno and Rochelle. Oh, that's I, true. But <laughs> I'm trying to think of what they said, because you didn't hear them say it too much. They that's just kept true. saying layers. Yeah. Also, where was the word lamination? Uh, that's right. Because Because maybe that's a UK word. I, re- I right? don't think we would use lamination as much here. Yeah, yeah because so... Lots of layers. Yeah, lots. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> lots, lots of, of layers. layers. Exactly. <laughs> So anyway, that's what that's what lamination stands for. All right. Um, so for the educate for the oh, for the educational purposes of this program, yes. we continue to educate on the history of the bake. Yes. So the millefeuille uh, thousand leaf uh, is also known as a <laughs> these two names, particularly this one, just a, <laughs> a vanilla slice. <laughs> <laughs> A I'm a yeah, let's mustard not. slice, also known as the uh, Napoleon. I would say you're the vanilla slice, and I'm the custard slice in this friendship. <laughs> yes, uh, is a French pastry whose exact origin is unknown, um, but. The uh, earliest mention of the name Mufoy itself appears in 1733 in an English-language cookbook. An English-language cookbook. Written by a French chef. Mm. Vincent La Chapelle. Um, and so unlike the modern cake, the 18th century Mufoy is served stuffed with jam and marmalade instead of cream. Interesting. Um, along its way, it somehow... Morphed. Morphed into some cream, and that's as far as we're going to go with that. Well, cream is better than jam, I think, on a mufoie, so... Um, if you don't like it, put some butter on it. <laughs> There's already a lot of butter in it. No, I know. That's the drag race reference. I know, so, but okay. you can put some butter in it. Sure. I mean, there's plenty for that. If you want good lamination, butter everywhere. We should start that. You want some layers? Put some butter in it. Let's do it. You want some lamination? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So first up with Sabrina. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> okay. I wrote splat on one. What? Because like they they went to cut it and it literally just went like, <laughs> oh, okay. like all out the sides, you know? Yes, yes. But the other one had a better bake. Like that's the thing. It's like her pastry was not nearly well enough baked on that first one Got because it. it was like... Not even like moving up; it was just like moving down when right. they were trying to cut it, right? right? right so, right. Um, but I thought that the the second one that she had looked good. Got it. Um, I wrote geometric realness 
because the icing sugar, like the mm, diagonal, yes, that was... I, I love that. I yes. thought that was so fierce. It was just so delicate. Looked like bakery, like window, bakery window realness. I feel it. like if her pastry was baked the best, I think hers would have actually been my favorite. Oh, interesting. Like, I like the way they looked on the inside. I really did as well. Like, the, I actually, the next wrote, the thing I wrote was that I love the piping. And so they probably, they probably commented on it and it got cut out. But the piping was actually really delicate and it looked gorgeous yeah you know in between the layers it was good architecture and structural engineering yeah exactly. i quite liked it mm-hmm. um and then next we had linda linda okay um <laughs> so i have two things here yes um you know how last week uh or i guess sorry it would have been on our like episodes one to three recap okay which yeah. maybe you haven't yeah. listened to it yeah. and if you haven't take a listen um i said how on the british one it's all about passion fruit and cardamom just get used in everything. Yep. And no one had used either of those ingredients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, Linda's making cardamom, like Milfoy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. was like, I knew it would happen right after I said it. I was waiting for someone to use passion fruit in this episode because that would have made it complete. Um, when Linda hasn't done something... Like, it wasn't yeah, bad, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. as we've seen kind of throughout the competition... When Linda knows something, it is like, you cannot touch her. A hundred percent. But when she doesn't know something, like, she's very mortal, mm-hmm. you know? Very mortal. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Like, it's Because it, it's it's never bad, right? But it's just something that... No, but it evens the, the field a little exactly. bit. When, when, when exactly. When she hasn't practiced something um, for her grandchildren, for example. I wrote sturdy. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, I think they talk about this in previous weeks that it's like, no matter what you throw at Linda, whether or not she's done it, and then even the critiques, she has that, like, she has that sturdy face. She's like, doesn't phase her. She just keeps on going. Yeah. And I quite enjoyed that about her. Yeah. 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 And about this one in particular, because it's a lot of pressure to make something so delicate, but have never done it before. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I think that, like, Milfoy is a really hard... um challenge mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. so then after that we had vandana mm-hmm. um who had her um rue afsa yes uh, milfoy <laughs> uh so rochelle was describing it and she was like oh you know like it's it's like kind of like in between like rose and like a berry syrup mm-hmm. and i was like well it's not two tablespoons of rose <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wrote that Vandana had the best pastry. I thought that her pastry, like, looked mm-hmm. the best. I did not like her piping. And Bruno really did. Really? And I get that, like, I- I'm sure, okay, don't take my opinion on this thing, Bruno's <laughs> opinion. <laughs> right? But I don't know. There was just something about it. It just looked like so many little globs that was... But I guess that's... The, I, I guess... guess... I think that's the point, is that it's supposed to look like little, like little, um, snowballs. I guess, but to me, that doesn't look as appetizing, whereas uh, Sabrina's. Sabrina's were a little more kind of like a layer, mm-hmm. whereas like Vandana's was like glob, glob, glob. Got it. But if Bruno's saying that's how it's done in Paris, then okay. Because mm-hmm. so. mm-hmm. I wrote cute piping. Really? Yeah, okay. because, and, and actually, so I feel like, and I maybe I didn't see it properly, but I actually saw some of Sabrina's and I thought she had done something similar in some cases, but I'm just such a fan of like tiny little balls holding up really thin layers. 
<laughs> like that is okay, my sure. that's how I would build a house. Sounds like your Friday could... night, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey. Oh, honey. Uh, that was just Friday night at the market, honey. Yeah. Oh, honey. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I'm now thinking back to Sabrina's, and I'm like, wait. Did I actually get to see hers? Because as soon as they put the knife through it, it just went. I think she had dabbles. She had. She had. She had a little ice. It was like so quick before the knife spread it all. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was like it was a quick road. Yeah. uh, To that. Okay. Um. So who did you? Oh, we had James. Sorry, sorry, (laughs) James. Sorry, sorry. Um. Okay. So he didn't do enough of them. They asked for twelve Mifoy, right? Yes. And I think he did ten. Mm-hmm. Or eight. And he had two that was just like a top layer of pastry yeah. with some decoration. Which when I first watched it, I actually didn't realize that he hadn't done enough. He said, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have enough. Yeah, you don't know till the end. And and then he didn't. Um, and that's fine. But I also feel as though there weren't necessarily enough points or comments taken off for not completing the task to the amount, right? Mm-hmm. Like, think about Gibbo very frequently if you do not complete like the proper amount mm-hmm. even if like it's all amazing. hollywood is like oh my god like best thing i've ever had like you know yeah um they still he he like they won't give you like kind of number one sort of thing. no like, I know there weren't mean, enough yeah. points taken off it was like oh not enough but like you know tastes really good and, right. and you know i do have to say though his flavors sounded the best to me. 100%. I would 100% eat those Mifoy. I said flavors excite me because they're combinations that I personally have not had before. So like balsamic and berries I've had before, but I've not had basil and strawberries before. Yeah. So I'm eager to try that. I did want to know a little bit of ro- ro- Rochade, I think we're calling it, which is yes, any shade was, thrown Laura. by Rochelle. Yes. Of... I hope less is more. <laughs> that was oh, a great cut. Yes. Thank you, Rochelle, for that. Thank you, Rochelle. Actually, if anything, Rochelle, I hope you bring more of that in season two. We need more shade. Yeah, We it's need like, more Rochade. Yeah, yeah Rochade. <laughs> and so it can be like, because Paul Hollywood has, there's a Hollywood handshake, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the most recent season, like Prue like, gave someone a pat and they were joking that it was a Prue pat, uh-huh. right? So we need like a Bruno something mm-hmm. and rocheted. Yeah, totally. Totally. Maybe it's a Bruno buster because Bruno has those moments where he's like, this does not taste good and it is not acceptable for this challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. A Bruno buster and some rocheted. I like it. So, of the four, um, how did you feel? Um, if I could take Vandana's pastry mm-hmm. and... Um, James's flavors. Flavors. That would be my choice. Got it. Um, but then, like, wait. Okay, Vandana's pastry with James's flavors and Sabrina's presentation. That. And then Linda's constitution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. It Together. was Miss White in the in the <laughs> salon with the candlestick. I'm exactly. Thinking, I'm thinking right now, like Power Rangers, when all the Zords come together. It's like they are <laughs> yeah. so much more powerful together than anyone yeah. individually. Um, but no, in terms of the actual bakes that were there, um, oh, damn, I don't. I, I like. I think. I think Vandana, because like, James, did not, James yeah. did not do enough, but 
again, it's like I'm so conflicted between like what was technically the best and presented the best mm-hmm. and still something I would eat versus like the ones I was looking at being like, oh my god, where's my Loblaws tie-in package <laughs> where I can go and buy this? So a hundred percent, all of you should sign contracts with Loblaws right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll move on to the technical challenge next. So an opera cake. Yes. Which to be is it something that you eat at the opera? Maybe. Maybe you eat it before an opera. Um, Post-opera? Were we supposed to look up the history of an opera <laughs> You cake? know what? I feel like this is really something. And... Snap. Um, the opera cake. <laughs> there was a time lapse there. <laughs> uh, okay, so it was popularized by the French patisserie house uh, Deloyal. Um, but its origin is actually unclear. Um, there was a creator claimant, um, at, uh, La Maison de Lyon, uh, in 1955, um, and this man, Syriac Gavillon, um, claims that he made it, and that it was named by his wife, Entre, uh, after the Opera Garnier, which is an opera house, or was an opera ah. house in Paris. So, not much is necessarily known, but... Who knows? What I do know is that is a freaking difficult cake to make. Like, you don't think so? I mean, I Michael's think the, I face. think okay. I think the most difficult thing about that cake is like the knowing of coffee, right? Where like yes. James had said that he had seen one. Did he also say that he had eaten one before too? He think, I think he said he had eaten one before. So you would know. I think that's. That's what it is, right? Got it. And again, listeners, you will hear with an interview later uh, <laughs> as to, you know, kind of experience. I, I, I feel like it certainly takes skill to do that. Yes. None of them had a disastrous cake itself. Right. There's some disastrous elements. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. What about you? Do you think it's highly technical? I do think it's, it's highly technical because... Um, I don't know. It's one of those foods where it is several distinct layers, but at the end of the day, the cake itself isn't very tall. So because the layers are so thin, Mm -hmm. if something's overspread or something runs, it just looks, it starts to look really messy. It's very easy for the layers to leak into each other. And the presentation is super poor. Secondly, I think the cutting of the edges, one smooth cut. Mm -hmm. Bruno's right. Amongst all the other things, that's one time only. Those cuts are one time only. You can catch any like unsmooth cuts. Or yeah, you have to cut it twice. And it just kind of if it's yeah, diagonal, totally. if it leaks, like mm-hmm, again, and mm-hmm. then you know the glaze and then the writing. Like the finishes are just so risky, and it, it means you need to okay. practice these True. skills. The right? the chocolate glaze on the top is especially difficult, mm-hmm. and this is what bothers me so much about the first baker that had this, okay. Sabrina. Her glaze was perfect mm-hmm. and then she went to go cut her cake mm-hmm. and she was just like oh let me rest my warm hand on top of this cold cake mm-hmm. right oh it was like we got a little <laughs> bit of touch id there yeah right <laughs> it was like you know it's an iphone 8 not an iphone 10 um no face id there um but no it was just oh god talk about a way to ruin a perfect place because because um, we'll get to other bakers soon, but like her glaze was 
even. It was, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Her writing was good. I thought her her writing was a little big. It took up all of the cake, right. and it's only supposed to be more in a, like the bottom kind of third okay. and mm-hmm. right. Um, but it was great. Um, but like, oh my god, mm-hmm. handsy. I, I would say here, um, there were two incidences of Bruno Busters. Bruno <laughs> Busters, yeah. And there, there was a Bruno so Buster. Bru- oh yeah. There was a Bruno Buster oh, here, yes. which is, um, it was great, uh, but a little fingerprint right there. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh jeez. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you can't hide it. You can't hide it. But, uh, decent writing though. Yeah. Decent yeah. writing. It was good. Like, it was, it was cursive. And yes. that is a plus. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Linda. Linda. I wrote not cursive. Like it was <laughs> not cursive. It was like again I like her that as a, as her a, her a coffee book. was not strong enough. Funny right? thing though, I remember during when she was making it, she's like, "Well, I know it needs to taste like coffee, so I'm gonna put a lot of coffee in it." But mm-hmm. apparently, you needed to have like put it in a bin of coffee, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like Starbucks needs to be present. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the writing for me, I mean, that's one of the technical elements of it, mm-hmm. right? Is is the writing, and that's I think where where mm-hmm. part of the challenge of mm-hmm. this one is just having known and seen it. Yeah, you know. For me, it was less so the fact that not so much that it wasn't connected in a cursive way, but um, the piping was really thick. Like it was really tall. Yeah, and thick, and so it's that... supposed to be more of like a. Thin layer, like if I looked at the cake from the side, yeah. I shouldn't be adding a quarter inch on it. Exactly, it's supposed to read like a Victorian letter or something like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, James, um, like great job, great job, James. The only thing was is that his glaze wasn't as even. Mm-hmm. Like it was because again, like they pour it over, yeah, and then sometimes you think like, oh, that's gonna just set so smoothly, yeah, but it was kind of a little more like, um. You know, in the winter, when there's like a puddle or something like that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no. okay. Jesse, I'm okay, going. I'm, I'm like on. When I'm there's, on. When I'm there's on. a puddle, right? Mm-hmm. And then it kind of freezes and you can see the various kind of different pools in which it froze. Like there's little circles within it. You could see that on the top of I his see. cake because his glaze was so well done. Mm-hmm. It had the right consistency, mm-hmm. but it also kind of betrayed him and you got too much of that but i thought that like it was good i would totally eat his cake i love coffee flavored anything oh so, really oh yeah i'm so there for this so funny thing is like i felt like and i think the writing was a bit sort of towards the bottom corner mm-hmm. but i loved actually how that ended up looking yeah no but that's it looks, what it's supposed is to be supposed to be in the middle no the it's bottom. supposed to be oh. toward the bottom corner well, it looks super classy and super elegant okay and like a plus marks for the fact that he practiced it beforehand because yes. he recognized mm-hmm. that you get one shot mm-hmm. at writing that mm-hmm. on the cake. Mm-hmm. So, bitch, it better be good. A hundred percent. And then the last one that we had was Vandana, which is where I said we had the second Bruno Buster. Yes. Lack of practice. <laughs> Clearly, someone did not practice. It was like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much of it was the lack of practice versus the piping was just coming out a bit wonky well it was like um it was like she did a chocolate glaze for the top of the cake and then she started piping out fudge <laughs> yeah like it, it, kept, it kept waving, waving and yeah. it was so tall like that that was just way too strong yeah and again the cake is about elegance i feel like if there's one thing you keep in mind for french patisserie week mm-hmm. it's absolutely 
classy, sexy elegance. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. what do you I... think of when you think of opera? <laughs> classy, sexy elegance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the only thing I would say to this is shout out to um, proper because whoever edited this episode, there's that one scene which you guys turned into a gif of them placing the like four of them <laughs> placing the cakes down at the same time. Yeah, James is, like, living for that. I live for that. I live for that. Okay, so then we need to... Not signature. Showstopper. Oh, and sorry, the order in which Vandana, fourth, Linda, third, Sabrina, second, James, first. I do not disagree with this. No, I completely agree with this. And the thing is, like... Uh, Sabrina could have been higher if James had... Sorry, Sabrina could have been higher if she had a fucking handprint. Well, and like, more coffee, because I think James had more coffee. Yeah, his definitely had the, the best flavor, it sounds like, but yeah. But no touch ID. Oh, well. No touch ID, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the showstopper. So this week, they really challenged them at the end, because they had them make a cocombouche, which is... You go very French when you say that. What? Croquembouche. Okay, well, like, I'm trying. No, it's fine. That's I'm, fine. I'm trying. I'm I would trying. just say like a croquembouche. I, I, I. Like gr- add in like a flair, but like, you know, don't subscribe to the magazine. <laughs> I'm personally trying to maintain Anglo-Franco relationships within this country via this podcast. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> Great. Um, But I mean, like, frankly, what is more annoying than A, having to bake like a hundred cream puffs <laughs> and then B, sticking them all together into a giant tower and C, having to make it look like a Christmas tree because none of these things are green. And D, um, my favorite letter. It... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. D, sticking it together uh, <laughs> with uh, like scalding hot caramel. I know. Like, because that's the thing, like, that shit's hot. By oh. definition, caramel is hot. Hot. All right. How do caramels get made, though? Like, how is that not. How does it not solidify? But that's, inside that's, that's of the it? caramel question. How did they get the caramel inside the caramel? That is oh, literally that is the question. literally the question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The answer is like, you know, chemicals. I, <laughs> 100%. Okay. So first off, we had Sabrina. Uh, again, croquembouche for the um, showstopper challenge. Okay. She skilled up. She uh, did not get some rocheted for... Ooh, did you run out of time? Um, no, but she got rocheted for some other stuff. Yes, she did. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, it was a little lopsided. I thought it looked very nice overall, but it wasn't... Um, it wasn't 100% there. But it certainly looked good. Um, but then, James? Yes? We... Um, we had some rocheted. Yeah, actually, I wanted to add, I feel like this segment is like, it was like 80 Bruno Busters and like 40 accounts of rocheted, like yeah. just nonstop yeah. getting thrown at us. Well, well but, but the thing that I like too is that like the stuff that they say is never actually, it's not like mean, it's just like those things where like, I feel like they've gotten comfortable now. Yes. And they're giving the honest opinions, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. they know that these are the late stage bakers mm-hmm. who know what's up and can demonstrate the skill. But when something's not right, they're going to tell them now. It's not like kind of the polite handshake of like, you did your best, right? right? Mm-hmm. So with Sabrina, um, they were like, did you use flour? She's like, I used flour. And then we're showing, I taste flour. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think it was more like, when I eat this cream, all I taste is flour. <laughs> Which is like so harsh, but I suppose at this point, yeah. it makes sense for them. Um, 
so outside of that though, I, I wrote, <laughs> I just wrote love, love, love. Um, I love the snowflakes, the white chocolate yeah. sort of snowflakes. Just I loving it. Just the look of it was it. good. And again, it was just a little lopsided, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then we have James next. Yes. <laughs> and they said, Bruno, we had a Bruno Buster here. Um, well, it was like, oh, ambitious, blah, blah. Well, you know, we admire your quality to deliver something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which seems like a little harsh. I think the presentation on this is not great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you will hear from James how he feels about this following our analysis in mm-hmm. a separate interview. Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of leave that for there. But... Um, I don't know. It was oh, and then we had some rocheed. We did have some rocheed, <laughs> which was oh, which is basically here's everything you did wrong, but you had a nougatine star at the end. <laughs> no, I also have that. Um, it's more of a hive oh, and not yeah. a cone. So we had like double whammy of rocheed. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to admit, it's it's actually quite amusing. It's just like not amusing, but it's like interesting seeing the judges being comfortable to get critical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but again, I actually feel like the flavors in his in his croquembouche, like which I is would what be they there which is what they said. They said the flavors are amazing. I mean, that's the thing that that I still find difficult about James is it's always super Delicious. yummy looking. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, yummy in terms of what we can see, right? Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. But it doesn't always look great. Got so. it. Then we had bandana, who had undercooked shoe. Okay, but I wrote that these are lich. Literally, my favorite flavors, mint chocolate mm-hmm. and orange. Mm-hmm. Like, give me... Oh, my God. The fact that she made a fucking tower of it. So that's, like, your tower. That is, like, if you were Trump, that's your Trump tower. <laughs> Ew. Don't say that I'm about sorry. Me. I'm sorry. Um, no, but anyway. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Her shoe was was not. And, okay. How did you feel about this? Rochelle essentially was like... Well, the chocolate and the mint chocolate is, is like, delicious, but I think your shoe kind of lets you down. And I was like, you mean, like, the challenge? (laughs) Well, no. I'm sorry, but if the challenge is is about a tower of cream puffs, sure, the filling in the cream puffs is, I'm going to go with 40% of the battle. But 60% of the battle is the puff. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I would say, I would say 30% of it is the free filling. 40% 40% of it is the puff. And the rest of the 30 is the fact that you make enough that the whole thing... <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I mean, like, okay. the construction sure. yeah, that okay, makes okay. it a puff on Sure. I guess I just, I just felt like, you know, it was like this thing where, where it was like, oh, yeah, this is great, but, like, the basic skill we asked you to demonstrate wasn't. I can Which, see again, that. I don't necessarily think that being able to do croquembouches is a basic skill, but, like... <laughs> but maybe shoe pastry, maybe, for, like, a sure. Yeah, right, in itself. Um, and then we had Linda, who reassumed the spirit of Linda Evangelista. Yes, yes. After two she came uns- back. She was a model. Uh, Runway was all about yeah. her. Did she stone those tights herself? She certainly spun <laughs> that sugar herself. Okay. And, like, the fact that she made all these doves. Yeah. Oh, and those stars? Yeah. What were those stars made of? I can only assume, like, white chocolate or something like that. Yes, but I also gosh. like how they didn't really, like, show her making it. Yeah. It was just her just taking these molds. It was just, like, out. popping, like, yeah. 80 doves out, 100 <laughs> stars. Yeah, And yeah, she has, yeah. like, these gorgeous puffs. And they're mm-hmm, just all stacked mm-hmm. on high. High up onto the heavens. I just wrote, ooh, bitch, the best 
for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's again, it's like I said earlier in this episode, when Linda delivers, and like, and when Linda knows the what fate, she's doing, yeah, it is untouchable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree. It was just, again, it was like, it was like, oh my god, perfectly even all the way up, and it's punch sugar. Oh, it was also. Good. I know she had like those orbits. They were yeah. like. Like, confectionery orbits. Oh, but I do want to go back and say, Sabrina also had really good sponge She sugar. did have good sponge That is too. hard to do. And, like, when they show, like, with the two um, forks, like, pulling it around. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was very good. Sabrina, be proud of that. Especially so. with the time limits that they have. Yes. Like, being able to do those details at the very end shows good time management. It shows great skill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, for Linda, I actually just wrote 10, 10, 10. <laughs> you get a 10 you get a 10 you get a 10 100 yeah. percent. so right. um one thing we did miss on this mm-hmm. is the history of a kokumbush oh this is the first time we're doing history for all three. Oh, can we yeah scandalous. so i'm gonna do your pbs cbc historical moment canadian historica it's a heritage moment it is a heritage moment but it's not canadian no but the invention of the kokumbush is often attributed to antonin Carême who includes it in his 1815 cookbook, Le Pâtissier Royal Parisien, but it is mentioned as early as 1806 in some other French person's culinary <laughs> encyclopedia, Le Cuisine Imperial, and in this other French person's L'Art de Cuisine, and in another text, and it's included in elaborate dish sections and can be served both savory and sweet. Ironically, I want yes. a savory kokumbush. So, so funny, it used to be, it's now served as a dessert. It used to be served in between meals. Yes. Because I guess you could yeah, like... Yeah, palate cleanse. A, a little thing from the tower. Yeah. Right? And could you yeah. imagine someone carrying that around to all your tables and being like, uh, monsieur? So, okay, here's my question. Okay, so now they do it with all of the, like, the caramel to, like, seal it or yeah, chocolate yeah, 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 to, yeah. to tower it up, right? There's a part of me that's like, just use like toothpicks. <laughs> use like giant bamboo skewers. No, I don't mean the entire way down. I mean Uh-oh. like each piece. It's like this one, then like you know, a uh, toothpick into the next one, then a toothpick into that one. Like, but that's I'm part. Sh- of, but that's part of the skill. The skill is the the, the, the idea. But then you're adding caramel into all of the other flavors. I suppose so. Right. I don't think maybe they didn't use caramel though for the savory ones. Maybe they no, use I know, like, I a know. really stiff mayonnaise. Ew. <laughs> Ew, Michelle. Um, Could you imagine? All right. I don't want to imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so, Star Baker. Star Baker was Linda for the second time? Yeah, I think for the second yeah. time. Yeah, second I still third. feel like it should have been the third, though. But okay. I believe it was just the second time. Yeah. Um, How do you I, feel about that? Okay. The uh, Mifoy, I didn't think they were super strong. She was third in technical, but that croquembouche was like on fucking point. It was out of this world. I think Bruno said that if he had saw it in a window, yes, he exactly. would just go buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I saw it on TV and I wanted to buy it. Yeah, yeah. Right? I don't know. I, I think that, um, again, with Linda's opera cake, it was she was third, but only because of the writing. And that doesn't really have to do with the bake. True. It certainly has to do with the technique in terms of the writing, right. but, you know. But how many times does one write opera and chocolate? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. Um, so are you cool with it? 
Yeah, I think it was the right choice. I hope it puts her kind of going into the final in the mindset of I can win this because I feel like maybe coming into this week, like, she's feeling a little nervous Mm -hmm. and I just want to see her win. Got it. Got it. Um, And this week, unfortunately... We said goodbye to James. Which is hard. Yeah. Because he is the only one that really had moved beyond like strawberries or mango like you know he had really yeah. done some really cool things well and he uh clearly kind of has a know-how in mm-hmm. terms of potential flavors and things that can go really well together some ways that i would say are significantly more highly skilled than actually some of the other bakers on the show in terms of the risks that he was willing to take mm-hmm. um it was just some of those things that come down to, I guess, maybe a matter of practice and timing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I felt like this episode as well. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like James making it to the final until he was like, "I said," and even like partway up his crocodile, I was like, it "Looks a little wide," but <laughs> you know. Then, then when he was like, "Oh, I don't know, I have enough," and then I was like. Oh no! I think I think that's mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. how many times does someone get first in technical and still go home? I know it's really hard for me to digest that way. And I feel like James's Quackenbush uh, was a very human experience because I've also been in a position where I'm decorating my own Christmas tree, and <laughs> yeah, it's like I start at the bottom and I get to the top and I'm like, I have no ornaments left to decorate. Yeah, but unfortunately, that doesn't. Uh, sort of squeeze me through into a final in any way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We judge you harshly here. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So next week, they just say it's finals week. They didn't really give us a theme or anything like that. But let's place our bets down a bit, Michael. Who do you think is going to win the first season of GCBS? Oh, God. I, like, okay, first off, they've all won Star Baker. Yes. They all have. Yes. I think they're all great bakers. Yes. I think that Sabrina's faltered a bit more in the recent weeks. So for that, again, based on just the performance that we've seen, I don't think that she will win. Yeah. But I could see her actually still winning. No, I can see that too. If she pulls off an awesome showstopper, I can see her winning. But if she pulls out the gingerbread Rockefeller, that's, you know. Um... Vandana flavors, right? Some of her stuff has been really amazing looking. Um, But, like, I swear to God, if it's literally three things Linda knows how to make, then Linda is winning. (laughs) If it's it's three things that Linda makes for her family every year, like for her grandchildren. If it's literally, like, you know, like Linda's family get together a recipe book, (laughs) then Linda will win. Linda will win. The only, so so the only reason, I think we discussed this a bit earlier, the only reason I think Vandana is going to take it is because between her and Linda, Vandana tends to do better at things that maybe she's never done before. We were talking yes. about this earlier. Yes. When, when Linda hasn't done something before, it starts to really show. I don't know if she, you know. But with Vandana, if it comes out a bit raw, it's like, well, did you never do it before? Or was it just, you know, luck, you know, or whatever else? So that's why I think Vandana may take it. Mm-hmm. Because she just seems a bit more flexible and resilient. Yeah. In the baking circumstances. Totally. Like, she's kind of got the, the know-how. And Vandana's unflappable. Vandana has never kind of gotten 
stressed, really. And oh my god, but she just gave James caramel. Can we say this is the most this is the most Canadian like if there was ever a Canadian moment, it was Mm -hmm. not Canada Week. No. It was not Dare Cookies. <laughs> it was not Chauffeur's Drug Mart 199. It was um, Bandana Cares Week. Yeah. yeah. Bandana Caramels Week. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but really that spirit of, you know, fair competition, but also being able just to, like, see a friend at that point struggling and I, helping him out. Can I just say, though, yes. that... Um, James as someone who had like watched Gibbo before, mm-hmm. right? Um, probably also kind of had the knowledge of the camaraderie that's associated with the show. True. So that, you know, because I don't feel like I'm chopped, like you're gonna see someone be <laughs> be like Not with a name like Chopped. I just don't think like on Chopped you're gonna see someone be like, Oh, I don't have any like caramel. Does anyone have caramel? Right? I don't have any more pork loin. Does someone yeah. have a spare pork loin? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Seasoned and like basted, <laughs> like you know. And marinated for yeah. two days. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Right? But but with this, it was literally like, oh, like Oh no, I have to make more caramel. Does anyone have caramel right yeah. now? And then Vandana just comes over with her fucking like pan of caramel. Yeah, her like, pan of dips like... it in and like, you know. So good for you, Vandana. Like that to me is is it should almost kind of like factor in like of of like oh, a oh, deservingness. hundred percent. Because like... You're helping out a fellow baker, and I, at that point, you don't necessarily know how it's going to turn out. And what if that action sent you home? But it shows the confidence of her, of her baking skills, yeah. being like, I believe in my bake and my final product, mm-hmm. and I shouldn't necessarily win because somebody else just needs a bit more caramel. Yeah. So super super good fun. for you, Vandana. I think the final three is really strong. I still kind of wish Julian was here. Oh, of course you wish Julian was yeah, here. Yeah, you all know. All right, all right. Oh. But he's going to be back next week because they bring them all back. I know, back we got to see them all. To the garden party. Yeah. All right, so um, I know we had Terry at the very beginning mm-hmm. of the show, and then it will just be a very rapid cut to of being like, it's semifinals week. Um, <laughs> but we actually have two guests this week, which I think is a first. So like this yes. week, the GCBS sort of scaled up in terms of production value, and in this week... Uh, the cooling rack scales up in, in terms, terms of, of per- interview guests. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are now um, a three to a five, I would say. Not about our interviewees, but frankly, our skills to be able to coordinate all this together. Out of what? Ten or five? Uh, whatever scale you'd like to comfort, comfort yourself with. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> My uh, scale is one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we managed to get it so that, you know, we have who was eliminated last week and we have whom was eliminated this week on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's probably, when you look at the total runtime, a bit long, but, um, you know... We have great interviews. We have great behind-the-scenes info. Seriously, this is stuff you are not hearing anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So get into it. Yeah, so hold on, and we'll be back with James. All right, so this week, uh, we have another special person joining us. It's actually it's actually sort of a, a double... It's a double trouble week here at the podcast, because we <laughs> yes. had Terry earlier on. And right. now we have James joining us. Hi, James. Hello. 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 Thanks. Thanks for taking yeah, some time. You. I know you're. It's the end of the semester. You're marking some very um, tedious first year. I assume <laughs> physics exams. Thanks. Probably not the most fun. Thank you for giving me something else to do other than marking. So. Of course. <laughs> Happy to do it, and thank you again for joining us. <laughs> thank you. All right. So one thing we like to get started with um, with every one of these interviews, James, is you know we get to see a little bit 
of who you are on the show, um, I actually find they probably didn't do as many clips of you sort of back home. Um, so we always like to ask, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. We know you're sort of a prof, but we'd always just like to give everybody a bit more depth into sort of what you do day to day, your hobbies, etc. Sure. Um, so while I live in Richmond, BC, I've lived here for, uh, for three years now. Um, but I've lived in Canada on and off for, uh, oh God, now how long is it? Like, uh, 15 years. Um, my wife's from Victoria. Um, we've got, uh, two kids, one who was born in the UK, one who was born in Denmark. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a physics prop. I also like doing all kinds of creative things. Baking was just one of the things that kind of scratches my creative itch. <laughs> so um, I do woodwork and uh, and crafty things and stuff at home as well. So I like making stuff. Perfect. Does, does your uh, does your wife know Jude by any chance already? Does she know? Well, we've we yeah we've met Jude a few times. Oh, but not before the show. No, not before the show. No, 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 <laughs> I was no, just wondering. No, no, didn't know Jude before the show. <laughs> Um, so how, how long were you in Denmark for? Uh, we lived in Denmark for seven years, I think it was. Yeah, six, six years. Um, yeah, we lived in, uh, this, uh, people always ask us like, where are you from? We have this huge long story. So the short of <laughs> it is like, uh, we, we met in the UK, my wife and I, she was in the UK doing, um, her PhD. Then we moved to Vancouver then we moved to New Brunswick for seven years, and then we moved to uh, Denmark for six years, and then we've moved back to BC again. So we've been kind of all over the place. Yeah, wow, that's, uh, you don't get all that on the show. <laughs> yeah, no, and Terry was saying to us similar things, like she had lived all over Canada as well, so that's interesting, because I think Michael and I, we've like barely left Southern Ontario. <laughs> When it comes to Canada, yeah. So. In terms of in terms of living, no. I mean, I've lived in the states, but uh, yeah, that's that's very interesting. So, when you lived um, in uh, in England, or I guess no, that would have been that's a, a long time of, ago. Yeah, yeah. A period of time ago. But um, did you watch the Great British Bake Off before you we, appeared on the Canadian show? We've been uh, fans of the Great British Bake Off for. Since the, since the first season, like I think someone persuaded us to watch the first one. We thought, well, what's this going to be like? Like a, a show about people baking? This is going to be boring. <laughs> but we were kind of hooked from the beginning. So <laughs> how, in, how interesting can this possibly be? Uh, it turned out quite. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we've been watching it the whole way through. And uh, kind of um, we both love to cook generally. I, I generally prefer the baking. My wife prefers the cooking. But we... Um, have uh, uh, the whole time kind of watched it going like, ah, you know, I bet I could probably do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so how so did I, you first get into baking as, you know, as a, a hobby? It sounds like one of your many hobbies. Yeah, I um, I, I did bake a bit as a kid. I did, I, I do, I did bake a few things um, earlier on in life, but when um, it was really in, uh, in New Brunswick, we... I, um, that's when I got into bread baking, really. Mm. That's when I kind of got serious about it. And I think it was just a way of getting through long New Brunswick winters. You just, like, wanted the oven on as hot as it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Something about, like, hunkering down with, like, fresh warm bread when it's, like, snowing and minus 30 outside. <laughs> totally. 
it's similar to how it is here right now, and now all I want is hot bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, we, we, we had uh, what they call an Alberta clipper blow through, so basically... Oh. It's like minus, actually it's not as bad as today, but it was probably minus it's 27. Minus, yeah, minus 30 yesterday. Yeah, so, Lots of snow. So. Yeah, kind of <laughs> crank the heat up. Um, yeah. I, I were, won't mm-hmm. it's like on the side of the mountains. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's much milder there. Um, but, you know, you were talking a bit before about how, uh, you know, when you saw the show, you were saying, you know, this is something I think I could do. So mm-hmm. how did that sort of, like, how did you then end up on the Canadian show? I mean, I know you obviously auditioned, but what was the thought well, process behind that kind of? Well, I, I had I had this idea when we moved back to Canada in, in 2015. That was the most recent time we moved back. I thought, like, if they ever, I thought they might one day do a Canadian one. If, if they do, I should kind of practice a little bit more and get a bit better. Um, and then, like, before I'd really had time to do that, my wife saw, like, they're making a Canadian one. You should, <laughs> so, like. So I, um, yeah, so I filled in the, the big long uh, application form and uh, one of the producers called me up and, and we had a chat on the phone and then I was invited to, a, to an audition. And the funny thing was, um, we, were the first, we were the first group to be auditioned in Vancouver and Vancouver was the first city they did. And um, both me and Jude were in that same audition, that same very first audition. <laughs> So did you we talk were, at that point. <laughs> we did well. I have to tell a story about Jude. <laughs> <laughs> Please I, um, do. Yes. She, she, um, so I brought like a a ginger cake. It was like a bunt cake kind of thing, and it tasted great. And uh, you know, this is my my kind of signature now. Uh, it tasted. <laughs> it didn't look ugly, but it looked kind of plain. It was just like a round brown bunt with. It was a ginger cake with a ginger stout cake with like a whiskey glaze on it. And it looked nice, but it looked kind of plain. And I, I kind of put it out on the on the counter there with all these other like fantastic cakes people had brought. And like mine was on sort of the left hand side of the table, and they just got bigger and bigger and bigger down the table. I thought, well, I'm completely screwed here. <laughs> this this has been nice, but like obviously I'm gonna. And um, but they tried and they liked it, and then and and uh, uh, Jude made a great cake with gnomes on it and things and. Um, and uh, we didn't talk much, but towards the end, Jude came up and said, oh, I thought I'd come and try Bunt Boy's cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that from, again, this... our limited exposure to, to Jude on the show, but that just sounds so, so yeah. like her. <laughs> she was... So, yeah, she called me Bunt Boy, which was... <laughs> okay. So then when you walked into the tent on the first day, was she like, oh, Bunt Boy? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, <laughs> I think she was a bit sheepish about having said that. Well, well uh, we, we get on very well. About I, being I sheepish, sheepish, sheepish about things that we've said, so <laughs> yes. we, we understand that feeling entirely. Yes. <laughs> Good. Um, so I just, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that your 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 cake may have been a bit plain because when we talked to Julian, we talked mm-hmm. to Corey, we talked to Terry. Yeah. They all three of them also said that what they had brought in compared to what other contestants were bringing in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they saw the competition and they're like, yeah, no, I, I made a huge mistake bringing yeah. <laughs> this into the audition. But it seemed like um, it was sort of irrelevant at the end. You know, they were really looking mm-hmm. for strong personalities and people that would really shine through. So I guess, yeah. You. yeah. Yeah. So when you did then walk into the tent, aside from sheepish, sheepish Jude at that point, we're actually curious because you made it quite far through, right? 
Um, you mm -hmm. made it really much to the end, but you know, when you walked in very early, after seeing some of those initial bakes, we were kind of curious as to who you might have thought would have been your biggest competition at that point. Were there any folks that sort of intimidated you when you looked over <laughs> when they presented um, their bakes? I have to say, the first time I met Pierre, and we talked for a while, um, my immediate conclusion was, well, the the battle for second place is on. Because oh. like, I was sure that he was going to... Uh, he was going to get through. He like seemed to know everything there was to know about, uh, and I'm sure he does know everything there is to know about um, uh, French patisserie and things, and and seemed so knowledgeable. And everybody actually seemed to have so much uh, knowledge. I didn't really hold out much hope of getting getting even very far past the first episode. So pretty much everyone was my competition. I felt. Wow, that's. Uh... That's crazy. High praise. Great. So do you do you agree there, James? Because like we've had a few people say this, that like if like, you know, Pierre sort of had just he just had a bad two First days week, there. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Right. But, but you know, that's gone past. Yeah. Sorry. Go that's ahead. the thing about this format is that um, every, everyone who kind of calls himself a baker or is a home baker has their own kind of area. There aren't very many people who are like fantastic at every single piece of the area of baking it's a huge subject so and then the show rolls out in a, in a series of weeks each with a different theme and um and because it's a knockout you just have to have those come in the wrong order uh, and you uh, and you're in trouble um and so and it only takes one it takes one bad one bad bake one custard splitting one you know uh, glaze mm -hmm. not or whatever and, and that's it you're out and you don't get the chance to kind of uh, show off what you can do later on uh, because because you never got to that bit that was your your like strength so yeah i think he just had a really really bad luck one thing that doesn't really doesn't come across on the on that first episode is that tent was hot mm. really really hot and everything was melting and it was yeah just... i could see because there was quite a few in that in that cupcake episode in particular the yeah. cake week right the yeah. so many of the different um icings and everything they were piping on was just like yeah melting. it just it didn't look you know no. set. set yeah <laughs> no, no, it didn't. exactly it no. didn't look set and so there was a there was a lot of stuff like that um and uh so um yeah, it was definitely um, it was definitely a hard circumstance to work in. Maybe they should film this in the winter. <laughs> I think so. Can I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't think it would have the same feeling, but you know, like at least the the tent being too hot, you know. Yeah. So we want to come back to this idea that you were saying, you know, no one's no one's sort of great at everything, right? You know, mm -hmm. someone you know you excel at some things, and if, if it's in the wrong yeah. order, then you're kind of. Screwed. Yeah. So on that note, though, like, what would you say were some of your strong points that showed? What are some of your best bakes? And then what would you say were some of the bakes that you did this season that you maybe weren't so proud of? We ask everybody <laughs> this. Um, I mean, my my three favorite bakes in no particular order were the the tortillere and the um, and the gingerbread house and the starbread. Actually, um, I think all three of those turned out exactly like they were supposed to be in my head um so i was uh, so yeah so that was really 
that was really uh, satisfying to to have kind of had a vision and, and have it actually like materialize because that didn't always happen <laughs> like, um and so uh yeah and like the, like the gingerbread house i took i, I uh, in those later episodes we had a little bit of time to practice in between the, the shows um and um i've never made a gingerbread house in a hotel room before but um I did like twice before that, yeah, and then there was like an oven in the hotel. Room. Yeah, yeah, we it was like there was an oven in the hotel room. What? But I, I, kind of, I kind of learned a bunch of piping techniques that I didn't really know before to do that. So I learned how to do leaves and grass and and uh, flowers. I did like 150 flowers for that um, uh, for that gingerbread house. Wow, well, yeah, so that's great. That gingerbread. <laughs> So I was really pleased those turned out because um, they they turned out the way they had looked in my head. So, mm. and then there were things that turned out very differently to how I looked in my head, <laughs> like particularly the uh, the chocolate record player was. Oh what? right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> was that, that was, anything to do with the fact that it was hot that day too? Because I'm, I'm going to say that that was. I mean, that was part of. I was having a problem with the. I was making my own fondant, mm-hmm. and that melting the whole time and so ended up looking like um you know those bog bodies they pull out of like irish bogs that were like sacrificed in the iron age it was yeah, that and they have yeah. leathery skin that was basically well it was just like good and it ended up looking like bog body skin <laughs> <laughs> well next time so, just make a bog body cake and you'll be good <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And turned it into that but pivot there but um, no, that that looked horrible, um, and and I was pretty much ready to go home at that point. But I don't know why I did that. Like I really have no idea why I did that cake because I just got it into my head that that w- was supposed to be like an illusion cake, and it didn't say it was supposed to be an illusion cake that looked like something. I just got it into my head that it was supposed to, and I, I yeah. You set oh, a well. own requirement for yourself there. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. So I have a follow-up um, with the the pie pie. How did that piping bag explode? So because it, it was exploded. like all of a sudden because, everywhere. Because I was making, I, I was I had made little um, paper piping bags myself, like co- paper cones, mm. um, which is easier to kind of hold sometimes than the big piping bags. And you just cut a really, and I wanted to do a really thin tip, a thin kind of tip. And the problem was, when I was making my salted caramel, I grabbed the nearest, I didn't actually have salt in front of me, I grabbed the nearest salt, and it was like big kosher salt. Yeah, it was like rock salt. I thought, thought, oh, it'll be okay. And I chucked it in, and it wasn't okay. And basically, a lump of rock salt got stuck in the end of the nozzle of my piping bag. And I tried to kind of squeeze it a bit to make it pop out and just the whole bag burst. <laughs> and I was just holding a bag, a paper, like a lump of paper, just like uh, with caramel all over my hands. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and that was all my caramel. So it was, and it was like, you know, five minutes left or something. So I just, I just kind of, uh, yeah, I tried to do a big spiral. That was, I, I tried to just kind of make it drip in a big spiral, but it just wouldn't. So I just started scraping it off and trying it. <laughs> Thus, the chaos theory pie pie was born, yes. 
Um, so from that pie, I think yeah. uh, Rochelle even said, you're lucky it tastes so good. Yeah. And I think yeah. from then on, they started to, I don't, it probably was a bit of editing here, um, but they sort of kind of made this recurring theme for you about things not looking so great, but tasting yeah. delicious, including Rochelle's <laughs> famous ugly but delicious ugly um, but sort delicious. of quote. Um, you think that's like a sort of a fair characterization of your experience there? Or was that part okay. of just how they were cutting it? Abs um, no, absolutely. I mean, I think the ugly but delicious started earlier than that, but um, <laughs> the um, it, it was the, the, for me. Like baking is about making something that tastes nice. I don't really usually spend a lot of time. I, I like it to look nice, but simple, nice. Like I don't like to do a lot of de uh, extra decorative things. So. Um, that's very much out of my comfort zone when I start doing that. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, I, I like to focus on it tasting nice. Mm -hmm. and that clearly works out. And like, it, it sort of carried over into this most recent week as mm -hmm. well. And, you know, for, for us watching it, like Michael and myself, it frankly is one of the best episodes oh, of yeah. the season. Yeah, mm -hmm. I thought that this, this most recent episode was so good because, I mean, one of the things I kind of had struggled with was the show is a little more compact because there's commercials yeah. here, right? And it's not as long as it is in the UK. But yeah. having that time to see all the bakes, see more of the process along mm. the way, it was like great. Mm. Everyone yeah. did a great job. Mm -hmm. So how yeah. did it feel with this? You know, you know, you you want to make things that taste good. Last week there, you know, like with the kokombush and stuff, just very yeah. technical and, and visual. What was running yeah. through your mind at all those times, through all those challenges? You know, your opera cake came out beautiful. Um, yeah. But just wondering, when looking back on that, how did it feel that, the, that couple of days? Yeah, it, um, it's, uh, I kind of didn't feel terribly confident going into that, mm. into it. I had practiced the things um, a bit. Well, I practiced the milfoy, and I was I was trying to keep them simple looking, uh, but still sort of elegant and that didn't really work out and I kind of ran out of time and I felt like all of the things were, time was, I mean, throughout the whole show, time, time is the killer. Like, mm -hmm. give me twice as long and I'll make all those things look beautiful <laughs> like that I made. But like to do it in, to do like Milfoy and what did we have? It was like two and a bit hours. Um, yeah, it was, hours. Yeah, it was kind of... Uh, that was kind of intense, and um, yeah. So I was I was trying my hardest to keep it looking nice, but um, but also getting it. Those things have to be really properly baked, like the milfoy to get the layers. You have to um, you have to get the bake exactly right. So um, yeah, mostly panic. I think was running through my mind. <laughs> <Mostly>. <laughs> to be fair, everyone's was raw, so yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. No one has the perfect meal, milfoy, so. Yeah, yeah, it was so that was a, a tricky one. Well, they actually said mine might be a bit overdone, so um, that was uh, it. Was I mean, I was pleased with them, they they did taste pretty good. Um, yeah, they looked I, really they, good. and balsamic vinegar is a fantastic combination. I really, they are, it's a really good combination, but um, then uh, and then the croquembouche, yeah, it's it's a horrible thing to do to cream puffs, you know. They're <laughs> They're perfectly nice on their own. Why do you want to stick them together with sugar? It makes them mostly inedible. <laughs> well, I mean, you salvaged with the star on the top. Yeah, the yeah. nicotine. The nicotine, yeah. 
yeah, I, the problem was I'd started, I wasn't going in fast enough. I was just going up and up and up, and I was quite pleased with myself. And then I looked over at my pile of, of cream puffs, and I thought, oh, they're never going to meet at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they up. really just kind of came in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I had to kind of like bring, so there was like a four-inch gap, I think, at the top. Oh, wow. So I just started filling it with bits of nicotine and hoping maybe they wouldn't notice. But you know what they did? <laughs> But, you know, it, it looked like, it, it, I I actually, you know, I, I think Rochelle said, like, well, you got something together or something like that. But I actually was like, I, you know, given the pressure you had, and again, I don't know if it really was 10 minutes left, the way they mm-hmm. cut it, but just how are you, you put it all together, like, it was impressive. Because watching I, I was, it, mm-hmm. I was definitely rushing to the very last second on that one. I was, like, piling stuff on trying to make it look good but i am going to make that again one day because in my head that one looks really good so one day when i'm over all this i will make one again (laughs) we look forward to it so um just wondering so we're sad to have lost you on the show frankly because you do bring a cooler side of things Mm -hmm. i think with your flavors etc but now looking back past the fairly traumatic week that is French Patisserie Week. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say has been your favorite experience um, coming out of this show? <coughs> I know that everyone else has said this, but first of all, meeting all the other makers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know everyone has said that, but um, it really was. Like, you know, we just instantly formed this kind of, um, this gang. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and despite being, I think, quite different personalities and from different backgrounds and from all over, all over the place. Um, we did get on really well. Um, for me personally, uh, I feel like my baking improved a lot being on the show. It was like being at a baking boot camp, you know? Mm. <laughs> um, so I tried things I would never have done. I baked 21 different things um, over a period of however many weeks we did this. Um, most of which I would never have tried baking. Um, so that was quite, um, that was quite, I think it sort of leveled up my baking. I feel like my baking is, is a lot better now. Um, so I'll have another go, maybe. <laughs> they have me back for season yeah, two. Baking yeah. Right? yeah, Baking like, All-Stars. Yeah, Baking All-Stars, James. You'd be back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mid-season, bring back those, you know, that yeah. didn't make it to the finals, but had definitely yeah. talents there. Yeah, it's like your Instagram got, up to date. <laughs> it's, it's like we got to the end and go, well, that was a good rehearsal. Now can we do the real thing? <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we, we just did a, a recap on weeks one to three, right? And I was saying that's how I felt for week one for kind of everyone was just like, it's everyone's first time in front of the camera. Mm. It's, it's fully new, right? Yeah. So what would you say is your strangest moment about that whole experience? I mean, that first bake in the tent which was like really was the um the cupcakes were were the first thing any of us made in the cake i think there's a, a shot on the uh, uh on that first episode of of uh, sabrina going where do they keep the tea towels because it was like you know it was cooking in a in a like a strange kitchen the first time is always kind of a bit mm-hmm. nerve-wracking and, and that was it was like that like 50 times um because <laughs> now we're cooking in a strange, a strange kitchen, and it was in a tent, and people were pointing cameras at us, <laughs> asking us all this weird stuff about what we were making. So, um, 
yeah, I mean that was totally surreal. The first that first uh, that first shoot, um, and uh, and just walking when we first got into the tent, we all kind of no one wanted to be the first one in. We all kind of like hovered a bit at the front, like going, <laughs> no one wanted to be the first one to step over the threshold. Exactly. So yeah, and having watched the British one so uh, so long, it was kind of. Wow. Okay. Right. We're actually doing this, are we? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's um, like reality finally hits, right? Yeah. And I will never look at those reality shows the same again, having now been in one. Um, it's uh, you get a totally different perspective. Like we've been watching uh, the British Master Chef actually uh, recently, and uh, and I, I can't watch it in the same way. Like kind of I sort of know what's going on behind uh, and that's um, that's kind of interesting so is the magic ruined a bit or is it no uh, it's more sympathetic it, now <laughs> no it's level of the the magic you know um, mm-hmm. it's uh, somehow um, like you know when when the guy gets sent sent home on one of these things I kind of know what that feels like oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, think... I could totally imagine. Yeah. So, in terms of you know future bakers, knowing what you know now, do you have any advice that you would pass on to you know potential season two contestants? Um, I would say watch every single episode of the British one, and yeah. every single episode of ours, and then go on YouTube and see if you can find any uh, episodes from every other country that's done it. <laughs> <laughs> and just. Like, because they're going to pull them out from everywhere. Um, I know that um, uh, I think it was Nadia on the on the uh, British one. Her husband apparently had a spreadsheet where he'd kind of put together all the different bakes they'd had uh, and got out uh, the uh, the judges' recipe books and kind of worked out exactly. You know, like, oh, you've got to practice this. It's going to be this for that technical on that week because, like, they've not tried this. <laughs> it's just like, so I think, I mean, practicing everything is kind of, um, it's just practice, practice, practice. That's, and, yeah, and apparently a, a family research team to support you. <laughs> yeah, get out those yeah. Excel pivot tables. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Excel pivot. It must be this. I've produced it. So, um, yeah, it was because uh, I practiced quite a bit bit but uh yeah you can't practice enough <laughs> never so practice 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 practice, practice. You, just be like, you can just be like linda and, and and do about 40 odd years practice first <laughs> oh yeah I, I love linda and because be like every time she's like oh well i make 20 of these a year it's like, <laughs> what? She's like, yeah. i make like 20 gingerbread houses a year it's like all right yeah. you got this in the bag don't you yeah, um, yeah. that's great so yeah but it was um yeah you gotta you, you, you yeah i don't know what advice there's no advice just just do your best got it well we hear a child coming home so that is we wanna... that is my daughter screaming <laughs> can you hear that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we want to make sure you can you can yes, then also yeah. be 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 a father um yes <laughs> thank you so much james for joining us today again we always appreciate it um, thank just... you very much